Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. This is a Thanksgiving week edition, uh, previewing UVA, and then we're going to talk some FSU hoops here in a little bit. Uh, TJ Pinder alongside always Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing better than Devil is. I mean, he's been <laughs> all week, man, but I'm good, man. It's Thanksgiving week, trying to shed off a few little pounds before I go ham on Thursday, but I'm good. Yeah, man, I, I see a lot of out, outlandish things on Twitter, but I'm definitely having a better week than Dabo in regards to that. And uh, same as Freddie, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays, probably my favorite one. Uh, so definitely looking forward to spending some time with the family uh, later this week. I'm glad we're getting this show out of the way early. This is going to be a fun next few days. Um, excited to hang out with you guys this weekend. Excited for uh, for Thanksgiving, and, and we're going to get into some Thanksgiving talk here um, after we have a couple of guests on, but excited to, uh, to hang with you guys this weekend. Um, I don't know how excited I am to see this game or not, but, um, <laughs> excited to see the game, excited to hang with you guys, excited for, for Turkey and hanging out on Thursday. And so, um, going to be a good week, uh, big three roll up powers, uh, double fries, no slaw. Remember their charity drive that is going on. Uh, now you can go to big three and you'll see a place to donate to close to kids. If you're in the Orlando area and you can make it by there on December 5th, they are taking in clothes for underprivileged um, kids. Uh, if you've got any clothes, uh, all sizes, cause they go, um, you know, like five-year-old to 18 year old. So all sizes of clothes and shoes, if they're not terribly, terribly worn and worn out, uh, something that you would consider giving to a family member, not something that you would just throw away. Um, also, Double Fries No Slaw, obviously brought to you and sponsored by Guthrie's, especially in Tallahassee. Visit their two locations, 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. We are going to go get us some gut boxes this weekend. So, Freddie, I'm trying to do the same thing. I've run every day this week so far. I guess we're only on Tuesday, so it's only two days. But I've run every day so far this week, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to be cognizant of, of the, the hurting that I'm going to put on my body both Thursday and Saturday with uh, – with the gut boxes and stuff that we're going to get into. So, so I feel you on that, but talk by their locations and make sure you tag us on social media when you uh, get their stuff. Um, we'll get right into this, Richie. I'll let you bring them on, but we have Justin Anderson, who is director of player personnel at the university of Virginia uh, for their football team. Correct. Um, big, big get. Thanks to uh, Richie for getting him on Richie. I'll let you start us out. Yeah, very excited for this first guest, uh, Justin Anderson. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Coach Anderson, um, he played wide receiver and ran track at BYU, uh, worked with Coach Mendenhall at BYU as a grad assistant, and now is the director of player personnel at Virginia, which is a great job because he had the pleasure of being my wide receivers coach, an assistant basketball coach of mine, and my track high jump coach in high school. So he knows he has a great eye for talent. Coach Anderson, how are you doing today? Good. Well, that's quite the introduction. Thank you. Make me feel good about myself, man. <laughs> yeah, I was excited. Obviously, um, last year we had the roll cast and we have a lot of different listeners on here. You joined us um, and uh, the, your interview was really real, well received. A, a lot of people love the insight. Um, so first of all, before we get into Florida State, Virginia and all that, man, what's up with your Cougars this year? They're having a hell of a season. Hey, you know, it's we do what we do with those old guys out there, you know, the 30-year-olds getting it done. Yeah, so going into the – and we'll get into the game in a little bit, but 
you know, I follow recruiting pretty closely. I remember in, in your classroom, because you were also taught like four of my five classes in high school. <laughs> um, but, you know, your job is heavily based around recruiting and the NCAA just extended their dead period to April yeah. 15th. Um, how difficult is it to recruit right now when you can't have face-to-face interactions and Coach Mendenhall can't actually meet with these kids and their parents? That's got to be a, a really tough job right now. Yeah, it's been... Um quite interesting you know since this has all happened there have been some good things that have come from this you know i think there have been some uh things that we have come to light with you know zoom is one of those things how to help recruit um moving forward if you have a kid from a long distance there will be some more ability uh potential to do some of this stuff but it does change the dynamic you know kids want to see uh what they're getting into um you know we have a few of the kids that you know we're lucky enough before the pandemic hit because they live closer, you know, they were able to come by and see the campus, but yeah, this is a unique, unique time. And I think probably everyone's got their own way of doing virtual visits and ways to get their coaches and whatnot on with these kids. And that's really been the focus is making sure these kids have the things that they need. They've seen what they need to see. They've talked with the people they need to talk to so they can make good decisions, especially the kids that are still trying to decide where they want to go. Right. Yeah. So it's been interesting. Yeah, and you're kind of, you know, tasked with it, with helping Coach Mendenhall build a roster that's competitive in the ACC. And you guys, obviously, last year went to the Orange Bowl, which was phenomenal. I was, I was really hoping you guys would beat Florida, but that's okay. Um, but the, you had a really special guy, uh, Bryce Perkins, man. He yeah. was so good, uh, such a good college quarterback. And uh, as a Florida State fan, that doesn't pay much attention. I'm like, man, that's how do they replace that guy? Now you got a guy named Brennan Armstrong, and uh, the past weeks or so he's been playing outstanding football and he's got me worried a little bit as a Florida State fan just talk about him how you guys found him um and how him being healthy has really helped turn around your season you know I think what we've found over time and just I think everyone knows this the most important position in in football is the quarterback right so consistency um you know Bryce Perkins first year he was good not great his second year I thought he was exceptional Um, and so with, with Brennan, you know, he's kind of been the understudy. He's been able to sit back and watch and, you know, we were really excited. He played Duke. We played, played pretty well. And then Clemson, I thought he played really well. Um, and then, you know, we, we lost him for a couple games due to concussion and and you lose a little consistency and timing and to see him come back has been, um, really good. I think we always believed he had really good potential. He's different than Bryce in certain regards. He has a very strong arm, a quick release. Um, and he's a tough runner. He's not the athlete Bryce was, you know, Bryce was a, he could do things. You just, you know, you can't even draw up. Um, but Brennan is, is really smart. He's tough. And I think he's got a good grasp of the offense. And, you know, we found him, um, early on in the process, we recruited him, um, he was the number one dual threat quarterback in the state of Ohio. Ohio State hadn't, hadn't offered him at the time, and he committed to Minnesota. Um, and we kind of just kept that relationship open, and and I think, I guess he just realized he wanted to be here. We had pretty good relationships and saw what we were doing and decided to to flip and come to Virginia, and we're glad that he did. And we really do think he, he's got a lot of uh, upside, and you know we're excited to see what these last three games kind of hold for him and bring in some consistency and um, I think we've got some good young talent and receivers that will be coming up here in the future as well. So that's exciting. 
Um, we've there's been a lot of news in the Florida State world this week um, with the whole Dabo and Clemson and <clears throat> all of that mess going on. And I won't make you say anything too crazy, just so that Dabo doesn't come for you guys too, like he has for us. Um, but how? I know Richie kind of asked, uh, you know, about COVID and how difficult that's been in recruiting and stuff like that. But, you know, even in your day-to-day stuff, like, have you guys had any close calls like that, that, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is the only situation where somebody's like been on a plane, you know, and then got, you know, found out that it was positive or anything like that. But like, you know, how difficult is it to like, to balance that juggling act of, you know, how hard things are, how has it affected like travel and, meeting with a team and, and just everything else. Yeah. So, you know, uh, coach Mendenhall is, is really, uh, innovative in a lot of ways. So, you know, when this stuff was, was happening, you know, he was really close with our medical team and research and, and we made a conscious decision early on. So we've made some changes in how we meet, uh, we still meet in person. Um, but we've made some changes there. We were, uh, you know, we've done a really good job. Our players have done a phenomenal job. I mean, amazing of really kind of just making a commitment to, you know, this is going to be a a hard few months. And if you really want to play football and you want to play it every week, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. And to the credit of our players, our medical staff, um, man, our guys have done a great job. So it's changed it. And, and I think our coaches, coach Mendenhall, our medical staff, they did a really good job saying like, here's, here's the research. Here's what we need to do. If we follow these protocols, it's going to protect us moving forward. So if someone does get, you know, COVID, unfortunately, by following these protocols, we're going to protect ourselves uh, and the rest of our team from potentially having an outbreak and, or, you know, the contact tracing. Um, and so travel is different. It looks really different. Um, and uh, meetings are different. Practice originally was different. I think it's gotten more normalized. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been a, a heck an interesting year. And we, you know, our first game was canceled against Virginia Tech. You know, we were supposed to play them off the bat. And I remember coming in, and it was a week before the game. Our guys were excited, and our head coach said, "Hey, you know, this is not going to happen." Um, and so, you know, we've had a couple games moved. Um, and thank goodness we've been able to play every game. We have never had to move a game because our guys have had uh, COVID, you know. And so we feel blessed. Uh, it's unfortunate. And I think, you know, every team's trying to figure out what their balance is. But, I, I you know, I our players really have done an exceptional job and really have kind of said, we want to play and we're willing to make the sacrifice, whatever it takes. And so I think that's made a difference, you know, their commitment and willingness to do that. Yeah. And, and what makes it tough is everybody's protocols are so different. Yep. Um, the ACC has their protocols, but then every school, you know, says like, Oh, we're going to totally, you know, some schools, I, I don't want to take more or less seriously, but like different people, different experts are going to tell you different things. Right. And so that, I think that's um, part of the issue that came into play this weekend. But if you bring anybody down here with it on a plane, we'll back out of this uh, butt beating so fast. We, we will just rub another – we'll rub another L or right off that schedule. I don't, don't think we won't for a minute. So, all right, Freddie. Yeah, um, with this whole COVID deal, it's kind of made everything this year difficult. Um, and usually with these type of issues, you had the spring taken away and then guys didn't get to train in the offseason. 
you worry about guys coming in and having soft tissue injuries. You saw a little bit of a little bit of that going on on the course of the NFL season. But how did y'all? How have y'all been able to be so successful with get, keeping guys healthy and sustaining sustaining that success over the past few weeks? Like y'all made a tremendous leap this season. Early on, y'all started a little slow, but these past few weeks, I've watched the team grow. And guys are healthy for the most part. Like, how have y'all been able to maintain that? Yeah, you know, once again, I give credit to our strength staff. So our our strength coach met with military personnel. Uh, he met with other strength coaches and really decided, you know, how are we going to give our guys the best chance over um, this time when they weren't around us, right? So that was key key time. And I think our players, our our strength staff, did a good job of of really keeping our guys maintained. And we worked a lot on injury prevention we took you know they had bands and kettlebells and all kinds of things whatever access they had and we created these little packets for our guys you know so they could have um and then you know there is always that I think the first few weeks of of practice were you know guys getting accustomed to that speed of practice um and you know I, I don't know if there's an answer other than um our guys have, to their credit, you know, once again, our players committed. They did what they were asked to do. And I think when you do that, anytime your players are willing to do what they're asked to do, it gives them a chance to, to be prepared. And, you know, we practice really hard, but we've had to make some adjustments too. You know, we've, we've made some changes about how we kind of progressed through fall camp. We made a conscious decision to really take it slow so that we could be healthy going into our first game. And, and the hope was we could finish um, the year with enough guys to, to give us a chance to win all our games. And I think we're in, we're in a pretty good situation right now. Well, I know your last game against Louisville was postponed, but the last time we saw you guys in action, y'all pulled off a major upset against North Carolina. What's the morale for the team heading into the game this week? And how are y'all approaching this week against Florida, Florida State? And we actually, it's ironic, we, we had the opportunity to knock them off when they're number five in the country. So yep. it's a battle of the teams that knocked off UNC. But what's the um, mindset of the team going into this week? Um, you know, it's funny because I think we really, you know, we were one in, I don't know, one in three or one in four, whatever we were. And, and we really felt like we were better than that. And, yeah. you know, Brennan had missed a couple games and – we just felt like, man, if he can come back and he can be healthy, we've got a chance to at least to compete in all our games. And like I said, the quarterback position is really important yeah. when you can have someone that's consistent um, and is knowledgeable of what you're doing. And, and that's made a difference. You know, he came in, he played well in the North Carolina game and our kids believed, you know, they really thought they could win that game and no one gave them a chance. And um Oh, Coach Venerhall is really good at getting guys to just kind of see and, and understand that you you control the outcome. No one else does. And so, yeah, winning helps. You know, you win that game and then you get another win and another win and you start to say, wow, we can we can really turn this season around and make it a really great season. Um, the other thing Coach, I think, does a really great job of is is, is every opponent is – and he said this since we've been here, there's no one in the ACC that you can take for granted. And if you do, you will get beat. 
And so while, uh, you know, Florida State's had some losses, they're very capable of beating anyone else in the ACC. Um, and it's just a matter of sometimes the right pieces falling into place. Um, you know, they beat North Carolina, so they're very capable of beating us or anyone else they play. North Carolina is a top 25 team. And um, so, yeah, we, we're taking this game as if it's North Carolina or if it's Clemson or whoever it is that this team is the next opponent and the opponent we need to beat to accomplish our goals. And so that's kind of the way we take it. We're excited. Um, but yeah, it's, I would say we're not looking at these guys like, Oh, you know, it's like, we better, we better bring our a game. We better not make any mistakes. Um, cause if we do, we're going to come back home sad. Yeah. And, and coach, I remember even in high school, you would joke with me about how bad Florida state was, even we, we weren't this bad, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so it's, it's nice to hear you with the, uh, you know, a little more of a coach speak answer, but I know you're being genuine when you say that as well. Um, obviously Mike Norvell takes over the program. Willie Taggart fired after 21 games, um, 21 games after Jimbo Fisher left us, uh, which a lot of fans are still upset about, but you know, in a few years ago, Mike London, he resigned from Virginia. Um, he probably wouldn't have made it. And then, uh, coach Mendenhall came over from BYU, brought you in. How difficult is it to try and, uh, and, and I don't want to make assumptions of what the culture was like when coach London was there, but when a coach is fired or resigns that players are going to feel a certain way because that's who they trusted. That's who they may have committed to. That's who they played for. How tough of a job is, is Mike Norvell looking at trying to switch the culture? And uh, how did Bronco Mendenhall do such a great job? Because, you know, they, I think they were four and eight the year before you guys came over last year, you're in the orange bowl. Like you said, this year, um, Armstrong had an injury or else you probably have a better record than you do now. He's done a phenomenal job at Virginia. Um, so how did he do that? And uh, what does Mike Norvell have to do to try and have that same uh, success at Florida state? Yeah. You know, you know, Bronco had taken over BYU when they were kind of going through the ringers. They had had three losing seasons and, you know, coaches, um, very thoughtful. He's very methodical about the decisions he make. And, and I think at BYU, he made a decision like, this is what we need to do to, to change the culture. And I think when we got here, I think he kind of felt out what the culture was and got to know the kids. And then once he realized, okay, this is, this is, um, I remember in a meeting, he says, you know, he told us, he's like, it's, it's going to take some time. Um, I hope you guys are ready, you know, speaking to the coaches, but we're going to get this thing turned around. And we didn't know how quickly. Um, I, I really do feel like it's happened a lot quicker than we originally thought. And that's like, once again, it's the credit to the kids. Um, you know, that first year was tough. And then we had a couple really key players decide to come back that could have left to the yeah. NFL. And, you know, we went six and seven. I think we went to the first bowl game in years. And that was kind of the turning point. And I think kids saw the coach had said if you're willing to, to do these things and if you'll hang with me winning's going to happen and the kids have just continued to believe despite what, what what else has gone on and yeah I think I think you have to be patient it to change a culture does not happen in a year it, it took us several um, and we're still constantly that's something you have to constantly work on is the idea of, of culture um and what you're looking for so you know the administration here has been great 
they've been supportive. Um, and I think they believe in coach's vision. And, um, so I think, you know, Mike has to stay the course or whatever that is, what he wants and what he sees the, the culture being, you have to just believe in that, get the players to believe in it. And whoever those players are, get them to stay. And the ones that don't, you just got to, yeah. I mean, we lost 17 players in the first year or two. And that was a conscious decision to basically say either you're in or you're out. And we want those guys that want to be in. And, and once you get those guys that want to be in, that's how the culture changed. And I can specifically remember a team meeting when one of our players stood up and basically said, Hey, this is how we do it at Virginia. No, we're not doing that. This is how we're going to do it. Move forward. And that was like, man, the light went on. And, and ever since then, it's been, it's been amazing. Awesome coach. Um, a couple more and we'll wrap up and get you out of here. Appreciate you yeah. hanging out on Thanksgiving week. Um, I'm sure you did pre COVID. Are you traveling with the team? now have they limited that some yeah so we're basically coach calls it the the, uh the um only the survive strong survive so we basically take our team and our trainers and we we rock and roll and that's just so that we can spread out when we travel um and yeah so it's a very limited group of people that go um and so yeah i typically have traveled in the past but this year it's it's really just our coaches our trainers and that's a limited training staff, some doctors, and then our, our um, strength staff, whoever needs to warm them up. And then we just show up ready to go. Whoever we're ready to play. Gotcha. The next time you're in Tallahassee, uh, double fries, no slaw is um, an, uh, an ode to Guthrie's. I don't know if you're familiar with Guthrie's, if you've had oh. Guthrie's or not. Um, yeah. It's basically Zaxby's or Raisin Cane's or, you know, one of those, but like better, like the OG, both of those were born out of Guthrie's, like really left Guthrie's to, uh, or if you guys, I don't, I'm probably Tallahassee before any of these, but like there's some in Auburn, there's one in Atlanta. So there's other places that you could, you could find them, but Guthrie's a Tallahassee staple. It's literally why we have the name of the podcast, this, (laughs) um, and, and the idea is, trash the coleslaw and, and get double fries because that sounds that's great I, I tell you i wish i was coming I've, it's been a you know when i played at byu they played florida state but i was redshirting that year so i didn't get, get to go so i was i was really looking forward to going this year honestly um historic stadium and 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 uh yeah I, I, it would have been a great experience but it you know it is what it is well the next time Hopefully COVID will be done. Knock on wood, it better be. But the next time, we'll treat you to some Guthrie's the next time. Hey, you're, sounds you're great. I'm going to take you up. That sounds great. <laughs> um, last thing, you mentioned BYU. Um, I know you didn't cross paths with them, I'm sure. But how about Taysom Hill getting the start and the win on Sunday? That was pretty cool, huh? It, it was awesome. And if you know Taysom Hill and kind of his journey, um, you know, he had four season-ending injuries. Yeah. Um. You could, I honestly, for if you know him as a person, you're not surprised and you're super excited because he is a phenomenal person. He's a great leader. I mean, think how many quarterbacks in the NFL are playing special teams, running back, wide receiver, and then you know what? Hey, can you play quarterback this week or for the next two weeks and get us a win? I mean, regardless of what people are saying about him being a long term quarterback or not, to me, that says something about who he is. And something about um, him that Sean Payton would 
choose to start him over the greatest college quarterback of all time and Jameis Winston right now. Um, what are your thoughts on Jameis and his journey? Obviously, uh, you know, in Tampa Bay, uh, he was good. He just had a turnover problem. Um, I think he's doing the right thing and, and going to learn under Drew Brees. But just real quick, your, real quick, your thoughts on Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, if you can have success um, in, in college, and he was in a pro-style offense, which is yeah. great. I think it helps moving forward. I think a lot of quarterbacks that are in these, you know, spread offenses that really aren't reading schemes, they do struggle a little bit more when they get to the NFL level. I mean, I think Jameis Winston has proven that he's a winner. Um, and it's like most guys, you just, you just need the right – it's the right fit. It's the right opportunity. I mean, you know, think of all these quarterbacks and if they get with the right coach at the right scheme, man, they're successful. And you go to the wrong coach at the wrong scheme and it's just faster. And that's, to me, that's what it's all about. And I think when he gets that opportunity, I think he'll do just fine. We were all a little salty on Sunday that he didn't get the nod. Apparently (laughs) uh, I'm just being honest. I'm not even, I was going to thank God for, um, Sean Payton, you know, making the decision that I wanted on, on Thursday, but um, apparently like he had an agree, like he had told Taysom in the past, you know, like you're going to get your shot when he goes down. So it was cool. He did a great job. I mean, the, the decision paid off for him. So um, coach, we appreciate so much your time. No um, appreciate you hanging out. I know it's a busy week with Thanksgiving and the game and everything else going on, but thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. Um, hope you hope you and your family have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Um, and I'd wish you good luck on Saturday, but you really don't need it. So uh, <laughs> appreciate you for your time tonight, man. Hey, you guys are great. I appreciate you guys having me on. And and it's always good to catch up with my man, uh, Richie. You can see what kind of athlete he was, right? Basketball, football, and track. Sheesh. I, that's the kind of athlete we look for nowadays. I, I, I told the guys beforehand, they're not allowed to ask you about my 40 time in high school because that, that <laughs> might have been embarrassing a little bit to me. But no, Coach, it's great to catch up with you again. And with these wacky ACC schedules, maybe in eight or nine years, we'll get to do this again because we don't get to play many coastal teams. I know. I look forward to it. And and, and once again, when I come when we, when I come back down, uh, I expect some Guthrie's. Oh, we're taking you out for oh, Guthrie's. We're going. Sure. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate y'all and, and wish you the best of luck and health the rest of this uh, year and holiday season. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. Thank you so All right, guys. Uh, Justin Anderson, Director of Player Personnel, UVA Football. We're going to go right from him. We'll talk about his interview in just a second. But we have, uh, I'll just say it, FSU legend uh, coming on with us. Excited Um, for this one. Former FSU hoop star, Trent Forrest. Trent, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Man, doing so well. Appreciate you for coming and hanging out. I know it's a busy week. I know there's a holiday in there. I know there's a lot going on, but thank you so much for for hanging out with us. Um, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, double fries, no slaw, man. Tell me about it. You've been a Guthrie. You're a Guthrie's fan. You like, come on, tell me about this oh, gut yeah, box, no. bro. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> always always the extra, always the extra fries, right? Like you trash that coleslaw too. Extra fries, no coleslaw. Gotta <laughs> might have to throw an extra piece of toast in there for real, for real. Let's go, <laughs> let's go. We like to ask the harder hitting questions first. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Freddie, I'll let you start this off. You brought Trent on, so go ahead. Y'all, I know you're a Tallahassee guy, man. So tell me about growing up in Tallahassee. I know you big around the program. 
how was the recruiting process for you? Did you always know you were going to go to Florida State or were there some other schools coming up that had your attention? Or did you always Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy for real. Um, I was, like, like you said, like an hour away from Tallahassee. So I, I knew Florida State. I mean, just growing up football, that that's what you knew if you was close around Florida State. Then also my, my cousin, Aunt Lee, he played football there. So he was a running back. So it kind of always ran in my family. And growing up, I was more of a Florida State football fan than basketball, if anything. Um, that was kind of what I got into first. And then just as I got older, kind of started getting good in basketball. And like they they recruited me early, but I still kind of wanted to look at other schools. I still didn't know where I was going to go, like my ninth and 10th grade year. So, I mean, I was looking at Miami, uh, who else? Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Stanford, just some different schools. And then I, I got to my junior year and I mean, they did a good job in the process. So by then I truly knew where I wanted to go. And I know my first two years growing up so close and with Florida right up the road to this is kind of when they were coming off being pretty good and I was still kind of getting recruited. And I think Billy Donovan was still there. I had just, I think just went on a visit up there for a day. And um, like he was just talking to me and that was kind of, where I wanted to go because in Florida that was kind of the main team back then was them winning the two natty so I knew who they were so I kind of wanted to get an offer from them but like the week after I went up there he quit or whatever got the new job with the Thunder so then after that I knew kind of where I wanted to go after that. Okay and um I know you said football was the biggest thing of course when everybody on here is Florida State football on um, Florida State they think about the football team so coming in, we were this powerhouse. How was it now to see the program, at how it is now? And then basketball, to be honest, when I came in, it was still growing. It wasn't as big as it yeah. is now. So it's crazy to see it flip. Like yeah. basketball is the powerhouse, and now football is like we're basketball school now. But tell us about the culture with the basketball team and how y'all were able to turn this program around and turn it into this perennial powerhouse it is yeah. now. Yeah, um, nah, it really goes to Coach Ham, for real. Um, like, when he was recruiting me, he was, like, the stuff that's happening now, he literally told me this, like, three years ago. He was, like, y'all class, and with the class before us with Bacon and Terrence and Malik, he was, like, with these two classes, like, it really can change, like, the culture around Florida State. Like, he was saying we can win a national title, um, like, all this stuff like three years or three, four years ago. So that's kind of where it just started from. And I mean, all the guys that we had come in, we we really believed in Coach Ham. And I mean, we put the work in. So it was just a combination of things, him seeing it in us and just having a vision for where he wanted to go. And then us just kind of buying into it with, with those two classes, the 2015 class and 2016. Trent, I, I want to touch on that a little bit because – I don't know if you, during your recruitment, but definitely among the Florida State fan base, and it, it wasn't just talk, there were people wondering if Leonard Hamilton should be replaced um, when you were a senior in high school coming yeah. in because they had missed the tournament several years. And uh, like you mentioned, he had you, John Isaac, uh, several others committed. He brought in Bacon and Beasley. Shout out Dwayne Bacon, Orlando Magic now, big fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you came into an uncertain situation to where if Florida State had another bad year and missed the tournament, Leonard Hamilton. I'm sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. 
But yeah, Leonard Hamilton very well could have lost his job if uh, your freshman year they missed the tournament again. But, you know, shout out to, you know, Stan Wilcox and President Thrasher. They they believed in Hamilton. And uh, you guys are on an unprecedented run for Florida State. So what was that like as a recruit hearing that, you know, Hamilton, where other coaches saying he's not going to be there, he's going to get fired. And then to be a part of the turnaround to the greatest four-year run in Florida State history. Yeah, no, nah, it was definitely like, it was crazy because like you would hear this stuff, you would see people talking about, oh, we need to fire him, fire him. And like being in the practices and coming over and seeing the players, I'm like, y'all like, y'all like seeing what I'm seeing. Like I've seen like, especially my senior year when they had Bacon, X, yeah. uh, Terrence, yeah. I'm like, y'all must like, y'all don't understand who y'all got in the gym, like the players y'all had. So I was like, I mean, I kind of understood it, but I was just like, it's going to take time and they just have to kind of see the team. And then I just, I just knew once we got there that we would kind of be able to put it over the hump a little bit, but no, it was definitely crazy. Cause I mean, I was getting the firsthand look, but I mean, it was over the summer. So some people really didn't get to see that side of it. Yeah, man. It, hey, you just mentioned X, man. I, I just remember XRM scoring 30 points in like the last four oh, minutes yeah. of the game against Miami. That was nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, man. But so question as far as like fan support. So I, I was a diehard Florida State basketball fan. I went to Florida State in 2006. With like Al Thornton was still there and yeah. the Tony Douglas years. And nobody went to games. And it was like me and three friends going to games. Yeah. But I, I'm watching on TV this year and – Every game sold out in the Tuck. Y'all were like 63 and three in your last 66 games at the Tucker Center. How cool was it coming in as a freshman with with some solid support? Not a lot, but to what you had this year, which was, in my opinion, the greatest home court advantage in all of college basketball. Yeah, nah, that was crazy as well. I, I used to talk about it a lot, especially kind of going into my last year. I was just like, even like my first year, we had way more talent than we did my last year. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, the fans still weren't like packing the games. And we had, I mean, Dwayne, we had Jonathan, we had Terrence, X, Ojo. And I'm like, the only time it's really packed is if we like maybe play Duke or Florida. That was like the only two sold out games. And just now, literally every home game is sold out it it was just crazy but I mean it kind of goes back to kind of that change in culture just changing the atmosphere and it was also crazy because we wanted to kind of change that too because like I said first two years we had pretty good support but we ended up um meeting with some of like the Seminole student boosters trying to find ways to get more people in the game because I mean, we obviously wanted the better crowd and, and we wanted more people at the game. So, I mean, it was a great time for sure, though. Yeah. Uh, Trent, what's uh, a lot of great games in your career at Florida State? Uh, what, what was the – Could you can you pick – I know it's tough, but can you pick one game that you just remember, like, that you think back on, you're like, it's this game. Like, this yeah. is the Like, this is the game, you know, that, like – I'll, I'll never forget. I'll always remember yeah. which, what stands out. <laughs> Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> I was going to ask about a play, but I think we might all know that one. Yeah, no, nah, that one definitely is up there, but I probably would say Gonzaga, even though we lost yes. my, my junior year. I mean, just everybody knew I had went through basically like my toe injury the whole season. Yeah. So 
basically kind of playing on one leg and then still just going out and having a really good game, keeping us in the game. Um, and I had a really good game. So I definitely would say that's probably the best game kind of I always remember just because it was the last game of that season and just it was the last game I had on one leg before I got my surgery. What uh, we, we like this too, but what's it feel like to never lose to UF? Oh, no, nah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie never lost to UF. I never played anything, so I never lost to UF. So, like, you've never, so like none of us have ever lost to UF. It's great. Yeah, no, no. And Trent, as I went to school the four years that Tebow was at Florida State, so I hate UF, man. <laughs> so I love guys like you and Freddie that never lost to him. Yeah, nah, it's great. It's great. And I, people bring up football, I say, hey, it ain't got nothing to do with me, but <laughs> come to basketball, different story. <laughs> um, well, talk to us a little about your journey now. So, like, you know, signed with Utah. Like, what you know, where are you at right now? Like, what's the what are the what are your next steps? What's coming yeah. up? Uh, uh, about to get started in Tallahassee, but like, what's about to happen for you? Yeah, nah. So right now, I'm still home. Um, I actually leave Friday to go out there, and I'll be out there for good. Um, and then, I mean, get a couple weeks in before we start training camp, just to getting acclimated to everything. And then after that, it's straight into training camp. And then we'll play these. Well, training camp is December 1st. And then the first game is December 22nd. So kind of hitting the ground running as soon as I get out there. Um, Did you have a uh, – I'll ask you this, then I'll pass it back off. Did you have a – like a favorite team? Or like who's your favorite NBA team like before like this whole process? And like what's that What's that like? Like now that uh -oh. you're, you're kind of like an opponent of whoever that is. Yeah. I was like, growing up, I really didn't have a favorite team. I was like more of a, I guess, favorite player type of guy. So wherever my favorite player was, that's kind of the team I was pulling for. So like growing up, I was a big T-Mac fan. So when he was with yes, Houston in the last couple of years in uh, Orlando, I was kind of in between those two teams because I was a big fan of his. But now it's definitely going to be crazy because, I mean, the guys that you grew up watching, you're now playing. So... And you're going to be on the same court as them. So kind of got to get past that. But at the same time, you like, you got to enjoy it too. <laughs> yeah. Like I know there's a competitor, like you've gone up against just elite. Like you've, you've been on the same court as, uh, I mean, Zion played. Zion. Yeah. We played yeah. as them. You know, it's like you've played some of those guys, but like, who is the one guy that you're like, man, I cannot wait to be on the court with this. Yeah. <laughs> like who, who is that? No, nah, it's definitely probably LeBron or maybe KD, one of them two. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I feel like they're the two best players in the league. So, and then, I mean, obviously LeBron, his whole career kind of speaks for itself. So just being able to see how they play, how they work. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Trent, and man, how bizarre was it this past March in Green? when you guys are warming up on the court getting ready to play uh, you know your first game of the ACC tournament and then you get pulled off the court no one really knows what's going on all these tournaments are getting canceled across the country um, and they said it's over and then they present you guys with the trophy and this is one of my favorite parts about the team is you guys look pissed off that that's how you were getting presented with the trophy because I feel like you guys felt you were going to win it so what yeah. was that trophy presentation like? And more importantly, when the tournament was canceled, I will go to my grave calling you guys 
the uh, 2020 national champions because you never got that chance. But it's got to suck, man, that you guys had a team. You would have been either a one seed or the number or the top two seed and didn't get that chance. Yeah, nah, it was definitely a little frustrating. Um, like you said, when they presented us the trophy, like we was literally like asking each other, are we going to smile or are we not? Because like you said, we, we definitely wanted to go out and win um, and compete to win it. Like we, we definitely felt like we was going to win the whole tournament. And I mean, we was looking to get back at Clemson because they had just beat us like a couple games yeah. before that. So, no, nah, we, we was definitely ready to go out and play. And we didn't want to go out that way. We didn't want it to be handed to us. That's not how Coach Ham is. And that's not how we were as, as a team or as players. So, we didn't want either one of those to happen. But we just kind of had to take the good with the bad in the situation. Yeah, and just two more quick ones for me. And I'll let Freddie take it home. But, you know, obviously the draft happened. Patrick Williams, number four. Uh, Devin Massell, number 11. Uh, the second round's always a crapshoot, so you never know yeah. what happens. But the, the good thing for you is you kind of got to pick your landing spot. But how proud were you as a father to see your son, Jordan Nora, get drafted in the second <laughs> round there? <laughs> no, it was funny. Uh, once it happened, I got a lot of tweets and notifications about that. So, no, it was definitely funny. <laughs> Can you, Richie, I know Richie's got another one, but let's talk, talk to us about that play. Like, talk to us about, like, coming out of that wing and – I mean, yeah. just sending all of FSU fandom like into like the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was like I don't, I don't even know. It, was, it just happened. Like I don't know. You just get the adrenaline; it takes over, and that like MJ made a good play though. I didn't even know he seen me. It's a great pass. Um, yeah, yeah. Nah, it, it was a very tough pass. Um, and then honestly, when I when I got the ball, I didn't even see Jordan like at all like I just kind of saw the rim so I just kind of took off and at the last minute is really when I saw him once I picked the ball up is when I literally saw him in my face and I mean he was just too late so, <laughs> so then after that like once I dunked it I really didn't even know what happened so I kind of like was shocked for a minute and then I really realized what happened and everybody just went crazy it it was clear you didn't know because like I'm watching I think this is like a Monday night game I'm watching with my wife. Y'all are like down by 20 at halftime. And I'm like, I'm like, no, nah, this team can come back. And, and y'all go on like a 45 to 14 run. Uh, Patrick Williams has the first steal and massive dunk. Yeah. Then uh, you do that to Nora. And I'm just going nuts on the couch. My wife thinks I'm crazy. And I'm like, man, that might be the greatest like moment that I've remember, you know, outside of tournament history for Florida yeah. State that I've been watching. So I thought that was just awesome. And, uh, I'm so happy for you guys. And my last question, man, you beat Boston College last game of the season. Um, outright win of the ACC regular season tournament, which for people that don't follow college basketball, that is so much more difficult and impressive to do than winning the ACC tournament, which is a three-game one-off. Because you, yeah. you went through the, the first ever 20-game season and did it. How happy were you to see Coach Ham on that ladder with that net around his neck? Because as a lifelong Florida State basketball fan, yeah. I could not have been happier for the man there. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Like, I don't know, because for me, I look at Coach Ham kind of like a second father figure for real. Yeah. Um, so it's easy for me to relate to him. And like all, all three of my years, he just he always talked about he wanted to get up there, cut the nets down, hold up his number one. Always wanted to do it. So 
just to finally be able, especially my senior year, to be like the captain and get to see him do that. Like, I feel like it definitely, like, like I understood it a little more and, and was definitely happy for him just to see him finally get to do that. Well, shoot, I just wanted to congratulate you on having the opportunity to sign in the NBA and further your career, playing career. Um, as a player at FSU, I was always a fan of yours, just watching from the outside, just because I played fullback. So that's a, a yeah, <laughs> you know, so we, we gritty, like we love being in them trenches. But when I watch basketball, I always like, of course, you like your LeBrons, your KDs. I'm watching the game. I'm like, man, Chris Forrest is a dog, man. Yeah. It's a dog. So I'm, I'm watching you, and you, like, I know you don't like, you seem like a humble guy. You probably don't like all that attention on me, but. I feel like you were the heart and soul of that Florida State team and just watching you get another opportunity, gritty guy that ain't scared of the moment. Yeah. Man, I'm wishing you the best, man. And it, this opportunity, man, run with it. Like, don't be scared. You you belong in that room. Yeah. That got you to this level. Just keep doing those same things. You'll be straight. For sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I, I have one last question, Trent, because I, I just have to say that my name's Richie Barnes. I'm super excited about Scotty Barnes. What do you know about the guy and what should Florida State fans expect from him this year? I don't know if you hosted him on any visits or anything, but yeah, I think that guy's the real deal. Nah, he is. He is. Just, he, he plays with a lot of energy, so he's going to fit the system perfectly. And nah, he, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Trent, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. I, I appreciate it. I know it's a busy week and there's a holiday, but thank you so much for hanging out with us. You, we wish you the best of luck. I hope you have Absolutely. a wonderful wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday season coming up. And, man, we can't wait to watch you. Yeah, um, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for hanging out, bro. Yes, Thanks, sir. Thanks, Trent. Appreciate right. it, man. Trent Forrest, that's a good pull. You uh, – Freddie's the man when it comes to these pulls, bro. Like, just anybody, anytime. Freddie's, like, Freddie's got the Batman signal. He just puts it up and like, all right, I'm jumping on the pod with y'all. Kirk Herb Street, Dan Wilkin, Trent Forrest, doesn't matter. Don't put Dan in with those other guys. Um, <laughs> he was um, nice enough to come on for a, for a 30-minute show. So He didn't know who it was. Um, <laughs> now, that's awesome. And super excited to see him uh, at the next level. Uh, we had to do this kind of out of order, but can you roll that uh, Trey Rollins drive through? Trey Rollins drive through was hilarious this week. Uh, I'll let Trey say all the things that I couldn't so that you guys can cancel him <laughs> if necessary, but it was very, very funny this week. I already watched it once, um, but Harlan, if you can roll that when you get a chance, and then we'll come back in here, talk about this UVA game, talk about the holiday, and then get out of here. Hey everybody, welcome to Trey Rollins Drive Through, presented to you by the Double Fries No Slaw Podcast. Now listen, we don't have a game to talk about this week from the confines of my uh, my budget-priced European family sports utility vehicle, but we do have something far more dire. What we have to talk about is an invasion. An invasion not only on the Florida State football team, the beautiful city of Tallahassee and Leon County, 
at large. But no, it was an invasion on the ideals, the philosophies, and the principles that we Florida State fans hold dear. And who was perpetrating this malicious, this unconscionable invasion? None other than enemy of the people, Wuhan Dabo Swinney and his Chinese Communist Clemson Party. They tried to come down to our city, smuggle in a COVID-positive player, also some rhesus monkeys from the movie Outbreak and a couple of smallpox blankets, and they tried to spread their Clemson flu, their orange plague, to the beautiful people of Leon County. Well, guess what? We weren't having it then, and we're not having it ever. Listen, I guess the deal is Clemson had a, a symptomatic player, practiced with them earlier in the week. Then apparently he felt better, uh, tested negative, traveled with the team because, ah, protocol's dumb, bleh. Um, and then he tested positive when he was in Tallahassee. So Florida State, being the party of logic, reason, medicine, science, um, didn't feel comfortable doing that because you had a COVID dude travel with you, dabs. So our medical professionals, we didn't sign off on the game. Clemson offered, for whatever reason, to reschedule the game for Sunday and Monday because um, nine months into a pandemic, they don't know how incubation periods work. So weird suggestion, Clemson, wasn't going to happen. So I don't get it. I don't get it. Apparently Clemson thinks COVID's fake, but their 2012 ACC co-championship is real. Um, so deal with that as you will. But listen, we're playing football in a pandemic, right? There's no playbook. There's no guidelines. We're in the most inept conference in the entire country. Seriously, the ACC, you stink. So let, you know, you would think that when this game gets canceled, obviously both programs want to play. Clemson wants to beat us into the ground because they think for whatever reason beating the crap out of a terrible Florida State team will erase the uh, national memory of 2013. Newsflash, it will not. Florida State wants to play because we need the cash. We need the cash for a home game. And at this point, whatever, dude, what's another blowout in a season of like 25? So you would think that Clemson's figurehead, their fearless leader, would would take this with some stride and be like, listen, guys, we understand it's a pandemic. We know that both teams wanted to play. Uh, but no, what did he do? What did he do when the medical professionals disagreed? What did Chairman Mao do? Chairman Mao Dabo Sweeney went on one of the a public relations campaign that was somehow worse than the Great Leap Forward. Listen, it was bad. And he says just, he said some dumb stuff. Said that Florida State was ducking Clemson due to, like I said, a, to, to keep some sort of honor that we may still have intact. Listen, Dabo. Listen, Wuhan Dabo. In 2018, when we thought we might actually have a good team, ESPN captured a, a, a chubby real estate professor reading The Prisoner of Azkaban during the middle of the Clemson game. Nothing you could have done to us on Saturday would have, would have been worse than that. We have, no, we have no shame anymore. Shame has been eroded continuously since 2016. So, <laughs> just continue to say the floor. Just the most simplistic, thick-headed Clemson Paul 
take on everything, Dabo continued to spew over and over and over again. So what happened? Mike Norvell in his press conference, champion of Tallahassee, lover of both science and medicine, defender of life, liberty, and the American way, he shoved Wuhan Dabo in a locker. Big time. Big time. Said, listen, emphasize that we care about our players, we care about medical, we care about our medical professionals, we care about protocols. Just all the all the things that you needed to hit that you would expect from an adult head football coach in the middle of a pandemic to actually give a shit about. Uh, looks like Mike Norvell did. Made made himself look good. And uh, he just took Dabo Jinping and just shoved him right in that orange and purple locker. And it was phenomenal. And we loved it. Now, listen, even in the press conference, like, listen, there's talk of, like, travel expenses. And Mike Norvell even decided to, like, listen, here, you broke bitch. I'll pay for your bus fare. I'll pay for your Uber for your fade. It don't matter to me. I got the money, which I loved it. It was just a big, which is a big Big dick move, and I'm always a fan of big dick moves here on Trey Rollins Drive. There now, listen, Dabo Swinney fired back even after that. For some reason, doubling down when he's literally getting dunked on by every single national blue check in the in in the history of college football Twitter. Dabo fired back with more Dabo things. Uh, who even knows what he said? COVID is God's way of punishing college football for considering to pay players for their likeness. Some sort of Dabo thing. Dabo thing on top of Dabo thing on top of Dabo thing, continuing to look worse in the process. Now listen, it's a weird time for Florida State fans. It's weird to be on the right side of a public relations campaign, but cherish it. This is not Martin Luther King with the wide receiver glove chopping. We're on the right side of history here, guys. So continue to, I know it's a weird spot for FSU Twitter to be in an unholy alliance with the Dan Wolkins and the Stuart Mandels of the world, but listen, cherish it while you can. We're in the right. Wuhan Dabo and the COVID Tigers are in the wrong. They're in the wrong and their time will come, whether December 12th or another day. So write it out. Oh, also, we have a game against Virginia this weekend. Um... Let's win. If you guys want my thoughts on exactly what's going to happen in the game against Virginia, go to the Triple Option X's and Knowles YouTube page. Me and my guys, we break that down, that film, uh, and we're going to tell you how it's going to go. Going to be a tough one for Florida State. But right now, let's revel. Let's revel in the, in the, in the national public roasting of Wuhan Dabo because let freedom ring. Let the white dove sing. Let the whole world know that today... Is a day of reckoning, and the day of reckoning will come for you, Wuhan Dabo. Trey Rollins.
That was Trey Rollins' drive through hilarious segment this <laughs> week. I watched earlier today, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I let him say all the things that I'm not allowed to say so that he gets canceled <laughs> and, uh, and not me. Hey, we've got uh, both Brian and Harlan in here with us. Um, Ed Kennedy, who also works with us, had a couple of things going on and couldn't make it. But these guys are part of the team. Um, Brian, actually, they both have their, uh, their own other podcasts going as well. Brian produces and hosts uh, the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. And Harlan Harris um, has a podcast called Average Athletes that you guys should both check. Go check both of those out. And yes, even sir. if you're not, a, I will say, even if you're not a horror fan, so like I'm not what I would say is a horror fan at all. I've seen, there are enough movies just like in pop culture that you've seen that you should go check out Brian's podcast. Like if you've seen The Shining, if you've seen yeah. Saw, if you've seen, um, there, there's a lot of movies that like aren't, you know, just if you haven't seen the, like, so I haven't seen like the Friday the 13th or Halloween and stuff like that. I have seen the original Halloween now because I damn it, TJ. What the hell? I'm not a horror guy. I'm not a horror guy at all, but um, there's enough movies out there. And I'm, I've been trying to convince him for, for about a year to review something that wasn't horror. So hopefully they'll take me up on it. They're a year in, still haven't done it, but maybe they will one day. And well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, in about two months, we're doing a horror comedy, which is basically like Ghostbusters and stuff like that. That's not horror at all. So, I thought your horror comedy would be the 2020 Florida State football season, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait for that podcast. No, too. That, oh, that is a Rob Zombie bloodbath. <laughs> um, House of Wax. <laughs> Richie coming in strong with the uh, with the dad jokes. And then Harlan, <laughs> Harlan uh, hosts Average Athletes. Um, Harlan played baseball in college, right? Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so basically, um, it's me uh, and one of my buddies that I played college baseball with, and um, our main audience, you know, we get three or 400, 500 little uh, recruiting, we give recruiting advice and college advice. Uh, we got a bunch of kids that are looking to go places for college for baseball, so it's mainly we give advice to recruits that are trying to go somewhere, or I went to junior college um, when I was in college, to, then I eventually went on to a four-year, so... We get advice to those JUCO guys, the high school guys, just kind of give them what to expect um, when they get to college and the recruiting process of baseball, which I can tell you is a lot different than football. You know, baseball gets nine scholarships that they split among 30 people. Football gets 90. Um, So we just kind of give them some advice, tell them some college stories, have fun with it. But yeah, if you have a kid that's uh, playing baseball and is looking looking to go somewhere in college, definitely tune in. Yeah, so go check out. Go check both of their podcasts out. Even if you don't listen to them, if you just go subscribe and like let it play through for a few minutes, it'll still help them in the grand scheme. So they yes. help us. They're part Rate of the double prize stars. team. Right five stars. Five stars, everybody. Five I do stars. that sometimes. Like I'll just go through a bunch of podcasts. And five stars, <laughs> five stars, five stars. Um, so anyway, so appreciate having both of you guys on. We are going to do a couple of things and then uh, get off of here. But the first thing we're going to do is unfortunately uh, talk about this FSU UVA game. Uh, we'll go real quick with a preview. We didn't get real, real deep into a preview with um, Coach Anderson, but uh, let's go around the horn. Let's talk about the game, kind of what you expect this weekend, um, and then we'll get into some over-unders. We'll do some picks. We'll talk Thanksgiving, and we'll get out of here. So, uh, Freddie, since you have the best, most informed opinion of anybody else on here, uh, what are you looking for in this in this UVA game this weekend? <laughs> We're playing the game this week. Uh, we didn't get Florida State football, <laughs> but um, 
hopefully our nose bounced back from the last time we saw him on the field. Jordan Travis, he's healthy from what I'm hearing, and that helps out our offense tremendously. So, and with this Virginia team, they they've grown over the past few weeks. So it's going to be a true test. I don't think it'll get get ugly. I think it'll be a game that's closer than people expect it to be. But I think they edge us out in the end. But just just compete and take that next step forward for our nose, really. Richie. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be interesting, right? Because, uh, you know, our last game, I think we had 59 scholarship players available. Um, it may be a, a more or less within a few this week. But I do think the the situation with Clemson and Dabo coming after Florida State, like out of nowhere, and Norvell saying, listen, we care about the player's safety. I, I do think that there's some sort of a idea that they may rally around the team rally around Norvell and, and give Virginia a game. They're, they're only, uh, I'm not sure what the current spread is, but it, you know, this week it was nine and a half points. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Florida state on this one, just because I, I do think the players that are still in the program that are still here that have bought into Mike Norvell, they want to play and they want to go out and prove something for them. I don't know what to expect this weekend at all. Um, you know, we talked to Justin Anderson, the director of players personnel for Virginia. And listen, Bronco Mendenhall, he runs a great program, very structured. They don't have a lot of special athletes, but they do what they are asked to do within the scheme and what they're doing as a program. So it's it's not an ideal opponent, but I, I have no idea what to expect, TJ. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that... Um... I think Florida state's going to be outmatched in this game. I think it'll be really, really tough for Florida state to uh, win, but hopefully they have kind of been galvanized over the last week or I guess four or five days um, since the cancellation, since, you know, kind of getting called out by, um, you know, the bully of the ACC right now, right? Like Clemson is the team to beat. And so um, hopefully that's somewhat galvanized them a little bit. I, Virginia has had games where they looked really good and games where they didn't look good. Their defense isn't great. Um, their offense isn't, you know, especially special either. Um, they've put up 44 on North Carolina, but North Carolina is, is yeah. proving to be a pretty awful um, <laughs> defense themselves. So I don't know. I, I could see Florida state kind of keeping it close. The spread is nine and a half. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah. a, a 31 to 21 or, um, maybe even like a, a 37 to, to 27 game wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. Um, I'd like to see Florida state come out and kind of like Kirk talked about be out there playing for each other, playing for their team. Um, and seeing some of those young guys kind of take those strides these last two or three, if, if the Clemson game gets rescheduled, these last two games don't mean anything, um, as far as wins and losses go. And so just hopefully whatever happens Saturday can help us build toward the future. Um, Brian. Yeah. The buy-in, you know, that that's really, that's really what it's about at this point. Obviously we're not playing for anything meaningful. Obviously it's Thanksgiving and we're not playing the Florida. We're not talking about the Florida, Florida state game right now, which honestly, thank God, you know, at this point, but <laughs> I mean, Hey, it, Jordan Travis, <laughs> you know, we've got Jordan Travis and, and to me, he's the wild card every time he steps on the field now. So, um, you know, I, I but I but I said weeks ago after we I picked us to beat North Carolina that I wasn't going to pick us the rest of the year. So, uh, yeah, I mean I I'll have us losing, you know, thirty five twenty four or something like that. But I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to rule us out of anything with Jordan Travis at the helm. 
That's a, that's a hell of a game to pick. Like this is the last time I'm picking Florida State against a top five team. We beat them, and you're like, no, I'm sticking to my guns. Well, I'm not picking the team the rest of the year. <laughs> Harlan, what do you think? Yeah, so I mean, I'll be honest. The thing I'm looking forward to the most is hanging out with you guys. Uh, I've been to a game this year. I usually go to multiple games every year, if not every home game. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. You know, we see each other on Zoom all the time, but never in person. So yeah. looking forward to that. And, you know, unlike, you know, Richie talks about his heyday in college where we were, it was Tim Tebow era and we sucked. My heyday in college was Orange Bowls, National Championships, and, you know, we were amazing. So these last few years have really sucked for me. But um, I hate you. I hate you, man. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm right there with you, Richie. You're my age. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think if Jordan Hat Travis is actually healthy. I think, um, you know, we keep it close, but I mean, I've lost all faith. I'll take the over for Virginia. He says nine and a half. I mean, I think they yeah. cover that. Um, speaking of some over-unders, Richie, let's get through some over-unders. Hey, um, I know we didn't play the game, but what were the over-unders last week? Just go through them one by Do you have them somewhere real quick? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go through them real quick. I had uh, – and I, I hit the first one. You two did not. I, it was Clemson first-half punts, 0. 0.5. Uh, <laughs> TJ and Freddie had zero. I or, or had the over. I took the under, um, so I win that. FSU offensive touchdowns in the first three quarters, three, uh, 0. 0.5. Freddie and TJ took the over. I took the under. So I hit that as well. None uh, of these count, by the way. Obvious. Obvious. But if they'd gone for me, I'd have been like, yeah, chalk those up. Um, then the last few ones were just a little ridiculous. Uh, Florida State uh, players to attempt to pass two and a half. I think I was the only one to take the over. So we got um, that one. So you and Freddie technically get that one, <laughs> and then and then the <laughs> Clemson shirtless guy, shirtless guy, we got that one right. You got the shirtless guy. Then uh, no. Clemson first half points at thirty five and a half. But the the important number is that the season total. TJ, you have a commanding lead, thirty two. Freddie's at thirty. I'm at twenty six. And we'll get into this week, and uh, we'll include There's only uh, ten left. There's only ten left. I might I might do twenty picks for the Duke game just to oh, give myself a chance. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> I, I I wouldn't do that. Uh, but this let, let's get right into this week, uh, and we'll have two guests with us here today, so we'll we'll kind of rapid fire a little bit. Um, I'll start the first one. Jordan Travis, two hundred seventy five point five total yards. Um, I think I'll take the over here. What about you, Freddie? I'm taking over as well. Two seventy five point five. I'll go under. All right, Brian. Over. All right. Over. Harlan. Over. Over. All right. So this next one, I, I changed this number like four times because I don't I don't know where to go with it, but Florida State rushing yards 155.5 TJ. Good number, TJ speechless. Yeah, under. <laughs> oh, all right, Freddie. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think we miss it barely, so I'm gonna go under. All right, I'm I'm definitely going over here. How about you, uh Harlan and, and Brian? I'm gonna go the uh, I'm gonna go the over with uh, Jordan Travis 155 yards by himself. Oh damn! All right, <laughs> Harlan. Yeah, I'll definitely go if Travis is healthy. I'll go over, but if he's banged up, yeah. I'm gonna regret this one. But I'll go over. <laughs> Sounds like he's healthy, but we'll see. This these next few ones, I I didn't know idea where I was going, but Florida State um, defensive three and outs four and a half for the entire game. TJ under Freddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, no, these obvious ones are great because they don't give you guys a chance to catch up. Is that is that number, Freddie? 
Yeah, I'll say under, yeah. All right, I'm I'm going over. Harlan. Under. I don't even think – no, there's no way. I don't even think we have four on the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm the only I'm the only over, I'm a guessing, Brian, right? Yeah, under for sure. All right, so the next one, I think this is a tricky one. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, we talked about him a lot with uh, my former high school coach, Coach Anderson. 305.5 total yards. I, I think I got to go over here. I don't want to, but I will. Um, Harlan, what do you think? Mm, over. All right. Uh, Brian, what do you what do you think? 305.5. I'm, I'm going under. All right, TJ. Go. Oh, <laughs> I got. I got under, man. They run the ball. He had 208 yards against UNC. So All under. Right. Freddie, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm with TJ and Brian. I think he'll be under. All right. And our last one, and I'm kind of mad at myself for doing this because I'm going to have to pay really close attention to the broadcast. But Dabo Sweeney's name mentioned six and a half times. I'm taking the over. What do you think, Freddie? Easily <laughs> over. All right, TJ. Yeah, I'll go over. All right, Brian and Harlan, what do you guys got? Six and a half mentions of Dabo's name during the broadcast. Over for me. All right. Oh, y'all went over? I have to go under. <laughs> that's a smart man. Uh, so that's the over-under for this week, and we'll uh, we'll reconvene next week on that one. But, yeah, it's got to have a little fun with it during a season like this. What uh, What are our picks this week? We'll, we'll do some picks, and then we'll talk Thanksgiving and get out of here. All right, yeah, we'll do these ones quickly. Um, I never do these quickly because I feel like I'm Kirk Herbstreit, and you guys are really people really care about my opinion. So no, <laughs> I'm all right. So we'll. Brian said he had 20 minutes. We were only at like 16, so we're good. So in that case, I'll do a real quick recap of uh, last week. Um, it looks like Richie Barnes, some guy, came in first place with four accurate picks last week. No one else was close. Uh, Ed tied me in first place, so I'll, I'll give him that. But we'll go straight to this week's picks, uh, Maryland. They are getting 13 and a half against Indiana, who might be like the surprise team of college football this year. Um, Indiana covers. What do you guys think? Yeah, don't get don't get caught watching the paint dry. Indiana covers here. I'm taking Maryland. All right. Brian Harlan. Taking Maryland too. Indiana. I watched them play last week. You yeah. threw for like 500 yards, Indiana. All right, man. So this one, I, this one's really intriguing. It it will not be a close game, but the spread 24 and a half Alabama is giving to Auburn. My wife, an Alabama fan, huge iron bowl advocate, um, 51% of the bets on Auburn 49 on Alabama. You know what? Give me Auburn. What do you guys think? Yeah. I actually think Auburn covers here, but I just don't, Bet on, uh, bet on say I bet against Saban. So roll tide, <laughs> ready. Uh, I'll take I'll take Arbor. Good man, good man, Brian. My wife's a huge Alabama fan, so I'm going to go with uh, Auburn. Oh, so you live the same hell I do every Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> Harlan. What's up, man? I could be wrong on this, but I don't think I've missed with Alabama taking a over yet. So I'm taking Alabama. All y'all took George that one week. I said Bama will cover. Bama, I don't. Bama hasn't done me wrong yet. So Bama. All right. I'll make this next one quick. Um, Clemson is giving twenty four and a half points to Pitt. 
Dabo is a little angry man. If you like the movie Elf around the holidays, he is going to cover the spread and then some. And if, God forbid, they come to Florida State, he's going to double the spread and cover it. Clemson is winning this week by as much as they want. Freddie, what do you think? Yeah, you just got to hope Dabo didn't coach the guys up or something because that's the only way they're not covering the spread. But, yeah, they cover easily. All right, TJ. Yeah, I like Clemson to cover here. All right, Brian Harlan, do either of you uh, disagree with us? Not at all. No. Uh, no. All right, the next one, another one close to Florida State fans' hearts, Texas A&M. They are at home, and they are laying 14.5 to LSU. LSU's bad, and Jimbo's got these boys rolling. I'm taking A&M. What do you think, Freddie? Definitely definitely taking the guys up in what they play at? College Station. College Station. Taking those guys. The 12th man. I'm taking them. There you go. TJ. Yeah, I like A&M here. All right. Brian? I don't bet against Jimbo Fisher. No, nobody should. Harlan, do you bet against him? I mean, I wanted to take A&M. All y'all just took. <laughs> uh, I'll still take A&M. All right. So this this last one I think could be interesting, and I think we, we might actually have some split decisions here. Uh, Georgia – Favored by 21 and a half at South Carolina. They just fired Will Muschamp. I personally broke the news to Kirk Herbstreet on the podcast last week. Oh, wow. That's all I do is break news. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm going with Georgia here. Everything tells me to pick South Carolina. I just think Georgia, they're due for an explosion of offense one week. So I'm going with it. Um, let, let's go in reverse. Harlan, what do you think? Yeah, so Georgia's been playing Jake Fromm Jr. all year, which I haven't been impressed with, even though all my all my Georgia fans thought the mailman was amazing. But JT Daniels looked good. I'm going to take Georgia. Brian, what do you think, man? I'm going to go South Carolina just for no, absolutely no reason. It's <laughs> crazy, but I'm going to go South Carolina. All right, TJ, Freddie, what do you guys think? Yeah, give me South Carolina on this one. I think Georgia wins convincingly, but uh, in my backdoor, South Carolina touchdown to uh, – a lot of play. points, yeah. Ready. Yeah, I got burned a lot of times with my money on the line. <laughs> I know they're going to fail me at the end of the game, so I'm taking South Carolina. All right. In the last one, the most recent spread I've seen, Florida State, they are uh, taking nine and a half points against Virginia. And I don't even have a official prediction, but I got to come up with one in the next few minutes here. I am so torn. I'm going to go last on this one just because I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> Uh, so so let, let's start with Brian and Harlan. Uh, give me the first of all against the spread, nine and a half points, Virginia favored, and then your score prediction for the game. Go ahead, Harlan. Yeah, I'll definitely go Virginia covers and then 31 17. All right, Brian, what do you got, man? I am going to take Florida State in the points, but it's they're not. They're going to cover, but they're not going to win. Um, I was. I said. I, I mean, I said it earlier. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Thirty-one twenty-eight. We'll do that. All right, Freddie. Yeah, I like us to cover, but I don't think we um end up getting the win. Got us somewhere around the range of thirty. UVA wins thirty-three to twenty-seven. All right, TJ, where we at, man? Um. Yeah, there's just not enough going right at Florida state to feel confident in picking them to, to win anything outside of a, a cancellation. Um, 
Uh, you, oh, man. <laughs> but it is Thanksgiving week, so let's just be very grateful that uh, we are going to the game, and I will take FSU to cover the spread and win the game uh, 31-30 blocked extra point for the win. I'm a little mad, TJ. I wanted to be the only person picking Florida State today. I didn't know I was picking us until about five minutes ago, but Florida State finds some magic. They rally around Coach Norvell, who saved this team from a massive COVID outbreak and potentially millions of lives lost in Tallahassee. And Florida State comes out and wins this game 24 to 23 on a made field goal by Ryan Fitzpatrick as time expires. Knowles win. I'll take it. I think Richie and I are wrong, but uh, if, if that <laughs> happens, that'd be awesome. Uh, let's go through some Thanksgiving stuff. What? Uh, let's let's do this somewhat quick, just because we've been on for about an hour and a half. But we'll take like five ten minutes and do this, and then get out of here. Um, what do you guys do for Thanksgiving? Like, whose house do you go to? Uh, do you host? Do you cook? Uh, we'll do that one first, Freddie. Well, me, I'm a food connoisseur, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to mom's house, um, probably my uncle's house. Yeah, I don't do no cooking. I'm, I'm the guy that people come to if they want to know if the food is good, and because I'm not gonna <laughs> lie about it. Yeah, man, I'm. I love cooking, and by cooking, I mean I I drop a turkey into three gallons of oil. Uh, that's how I cook, and it's amazing every year. You know, typically my sister and her husband come down from North Carolina this year. It's just going to be me, my sister, or not my sister, me, my wife, and my mom. Uh, my mother-in-law was supposed to come. She did not feel comfortable with COVID, which is completely understandable. So we're taking it easy. I have way too much food for three people, but I'll be frying a turkey. The wife will be making some firesides, and I'm excited and get to watch football and then head to Tallahassee this weekend. How about you, TJ, man? So we are going to my mom's for kind of a Thanksgiving brunch, kind of doing something a little bit different. There will be turkey, so but there will just also be mimosas. So uh, <laughs> so we have in the past gone a bunch of different places, but now that we have the two kids, I've kind of put a stop to that and said like, okay, we'll go one place for every major holiday. Yeah. So like, I don't care which place it is. We'll rotate, do my mom for Christmas, your, or my mom for Thanksgiving, your mom for So we're just going to my mom's. Um, my wife's kind of skidding up and doing a 5K in the morning, a virtual 5K. There aren't even real 5Ks because you can't run by people because of COVID because if you run by somebody, you might get a disease and die. So we're going to go out to like the uh, – All right, Dabo. The, the, tra- the trail by our house, and we're not even going to test for COVID before. We're just going to start running for a mile, mile and a half and then run back, and that's our Thanksgiving morning. Then we're going to brunch at my mom. So uh, real white people stuff there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> What do you want to do? Brian Harley. What do you want to do for Thanksgiving? Let's go run. Let's go run. Like while everyone else, that'd be great. Thankfully, I did not marry into a family that runs five Ks. Oh, I did. Well, let me back up. I didn't either. This is a new thing. We're six years in. We've been in a relationship for ten years. This is a brand new thing. Like this just came out of nowhere this year. So all right. Oh, nightmare, nightmare. Uh, you know, thankfully, my wife and I still have our you know parents around, and they're and they live around us, and so. We usually, you know, even though we've got two kids now and, and it's my daughter's first uh, first Thanksgiving, we, we usually do run the gauntlet. So we run, you get a 
you know, even to her grandparents that are still around. And then we go to her parents and then Whew. Thanksgiving day, we usually do the, the opposite. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like Christmas Eve and Christmas day. It's like two days worth Thanksgiving. So yeah. I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. So usually I go up to Albany, Georgia, uh, do a little hunting, shoot little guns, but my grandparents don't want, I got 10 little cousins. I'm the oldest one. They don't want, uh, people coming up there and getting them sick. So I'm actually doing the carousel. I got Thanksgiving with my fiance at lunch, uh, in Cairo, Georgia. And then I got a in-between lunch and dinner with Mike Martin Jr. and my mom. And then I've got Thanksgiving at five with my dad. And then I'm hitting up, uh, the pool hall, Mike Martin Jr. wants to play me in some pool uh, Thursday night. So I'm going to be busy, man. Flex on us, Harlan, man. I, I'm, I'm going be, to be handled Mike Martin Jr. all day. You know, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and but, but he got me, TJ, and Freddie some really good seats to the game this weekend. So I'm all for it. I mean, you think that. Those could be up in like the third. Like you have no – we have no idea where those are. Yeah, we don't know yet. So like, – I might be like spitting on his tickets and walking down sitting somewhere sitting with somebody else. So I might have to I might have to call my uh, my coach Anderson and say, "Hey, I, put me on Virginia's sideline, man." This guy. Now wait, you didn't trail. you didn't specify, Harlan? Is this real pool or are we talking about virtual pool now and, and a virtual virtual lunch? Like <laughs> no, real pool, real, real pool. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. Uh, if you could only have three things on your Thanksgiving plate, what would it be? Food connoisseur, you can go first. Freddie's got thing. I'll go real quick because I, I know what I'm doing. Deep fried turkey injected and seasoned properly is number one. If you bake a turkey, I, I can't do Thanksgiving with you. I'm sorry. Um, green bean casserole because my mom makes the best green bean casserole in the world. And it's so amazing every year. And then uh, I'm going to cop out a little bit and give a 3A, 3B. No, no. Oh, you one. A, well, a, a well, no, no, no. This is my podcast too. I can say what I want. <laughs> it, it's either it's either a well proper made mac and cheese, homemade, where you you grate the cheese yourself, not proper or not uh, pre shredded, or uh, garlic mashed potatoes. The cranberry sauce has n- nowhere on my plate. Get that the hell off my plate. Since you picked two, when I make dinner for you, you're getting Kraft mac and cheese and Boston Market mashed potatoes. Freddie, what do you want, bro? <laughs> All right, so I'm definitely dressing. Dressing's going on the, And then it's either, since I only get three, I got to be picky between the ham or the macaroni. So I'm going to go with the ham. And I'm a sweets guy. I love sweets. So you got to put that in there. Red velvet cake. It was tough between that and the sweet potato pie, but I'm going red velvet. Brian, um, ham, sweet potato casserole, and some good homemade uh, banana pudding. Ooh, banana pudding! I could hit that all year. You know, I like the debate. Okay, let's add. This is like a side question, real quick. Morgan. Have you guys ever had the banana pudding with the chestnut cookies as opposed to the vanilla wafers? I, I saw Freddie talking about this. I, I have both of them. them, them Give chest- me that chestnut cookies. Give me them. Chest- we got to put this on the timeline because people are talking about this on Facebook and Twitter. Them hard ass chestnut cookies, man. They don't even melt in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we got to put a we got to put a pull out now. Uh, yeah, they oh, hard ass cookies. Nobody don't want them. Oh, James, nobody, no business on that banana pudding. Love oh, it, Freddie. Oh, James Coleman cusses you out. <laughs> Har- Harlan. Yeah, so I'll go uh, ham. Not a big turkey guy. Sorry, Richie. Uh, ham. Not even deep fried injected. 
properly seasoned. And my grandma's ham, mashed potatoes, and then this one's going to be off. This one's not very popular, but my grandpa always bowls his own peanuts, and I always eat those all day before Thanksgiving dinner. So I'm going to go with my grandpa's nice homemade bowl peanuts. That's, appetizer that's your, that, that's your that's speaker legit. right there, because boiled legit. peanuts done right are phenomenal. So that's a sleeper right there. That's a great pick. Um, mine would be, like Richie's saying, a, an ejected and deep fried turkey. I don't season the outside of the turkey because, like, it would just it just comes off in the yeah. Like I, I need to keep saying season, but I don't, like you can't season that turkey if you're driving it in grease. Like there are just very little states. So anyway, if but you know a, what you're doing, if you know what you're doing, a deep fried turkey. Um, my mom makes this stuff called sweet potato souffle. It's like a sweet potato casserole, but it's just, it's a little different. It's a little sweeter. Uh, oh, it's, it's a fancy sweet potato casserole. Oh, it's, <laughs> we do it different here in Tampa. Um, and then I think my third one, this, nobody mentioned this. I love broccoli casserole. Um, so those would be like the three on my plate. Um, my dad, one. my dad makes a, a fantastic uh, broccoli casserole. Uh, this will go faster. It sounds like a couple of you guys have already mentioned yours, but uh, or no, just 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 Freddie did. No, no, Freddie said. Um, what was your dessert? You said Freddie. Um, red velvet. Red velvet. Brian said banana pudding. Banana pudding. Uh, Richie Harlan and then myself. What's your what's your dessert? I'll go first. I like pecan, pecan pie. Yeah, real quick. I I, I love the. Uh, it's Publix. They have a frozen like Hershey's pie, like chocolate chip and chocolate pie overall. My mom buys it every year, and I love it. Phenomenal. Yeah, I'm not a big cake or pie guy, so we always just do chocolate chip cookies. I'm boring. That is very boring. That. Something you can literally get 365 days. Not that you can't get pecan pie every day of the year, but um, all right, we'll do this one, then we get out of here. Whatever you're thankful for, you can you can list one thing here. You can list ten things, but like something you're thankful for. It's been a weird year. It's been a trying year. But we'll go serious with this for a minute, and then we'll get out of here. Something you're thankful for in 2020. Sorry, I didn't pick anybody. Freddie. Um, life, um, family, shoot, the double fries pod, man. We're doing big things over here. Um, shoot, even though they're, they're letting me down every day, I'm thankful for my nose. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, man. Richie. Yeah, I mean, very similar. Like, like, thankful for life. Uh, you know, uh, we had a pandemic this year. Um, luckily, me and my wife were both considered essential employees. We we were never furloughed, never lost our jobs. And I know so many people did, and it, it breaks my heart. Um, but we are thankful that we were able to, you know, work through that. Uh, I'm thankful for, you know, everyone on this podcast right now. It's been a blast. Thankful for Trey yeah. Roland for, you know, giving me a chance and hire me as his producer last year. Never heard of me. Um, but to to be able to come together, all of you guys, it's been awesome. And I'm thankful for Leonard Hamilton, man. He's the GOAT. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby will always be the Florida State GOAT, but Leonard Hamilton is my number two. So shout out to Leonard Hamilton and, and the Florida State basketball team. Brought in a guy like Trent Forrest. I'm thankful for all of that. Arlen. Yeah, mine's similar as well. You know, thankful for, uh, you know, being healthy, being able to work from home, not losing my job so that I can help you guys out during this pod. It's been awesome. Started my own, helping some guys, you know, get recruited in college with some connections, giving them some advice. And uh, thankful for FSU basketball starting, like Richie said. I can't wait to start seeing a Florida State dub on my timeline. 
Um, yes, and then also recently today, I'm thankful that I got a PS5. Oh, so, and I have to mention this. I got engaged this year. Damn. So I'm thankful for my I, Dude, I was about, I was going to call you out so hard. <laughs> he he oh. legit mentioned the PS5 before the engagement. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> dude, I, I was going to call you out so hard. I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful that you remembered that for your sake. <laughs> Brian. Oh, man. Um, You know, my family, of course. I mean, my, my kids. Yeah. Um, uh, 2020 has been, you know, rough all around, but we've really been blessed. You know, we're building a house. Uh, you know, so that's something we're we're dealing with. I'm, you know, I'm I'm hell. I'm honestly, I'm thankful. Just thankful to Nico Chin for he just was hit me up on the timeline one just out of the blue one time and and talking about horror movies and then just he asked me to to be on the podcast and I thought as a guest and he was like, oh, just come on, be a host. And so, you know, this past year has been great with our that that don't go out there podcast. Just hell, I've got to talk yeah. to people that I've you know, watched growing up and, and never, never thought I'd ever have the chance to talk to some of these people. So, um, you know, I, it's, you know, I, I'm very blessed and, uh, I know a lot of people are going through a lot of hard times at Thanksgiving and especially is, is hard for a lot of yeah. people. So, uh, um, I'm definitely, definitely blessed and thankful for everything that I have. Yeah. I'll finish this up. Um, a lot of the things that you guys have said, my family, uh, just like Brian and, um, just like Brian's family did, we welcomed a new baby, um, to the world this year and uh crazy year for that to happen. Um, but, uh, things have, have gone well. I've been able to, uh, be home with uh, my family more this year, um, than ever, which, uh, with, with little kids, that's, um, sort of a blessing, you know, not sort of, it definitely is a blessing um, because you don't get that time back. And so that's been great. Um, thankful for health. Um, I uh, know a couple of people that have gotten the virus. I know people, a couple of people that have been sick, but uh, I personally don't know anybody that has uh, passed away. I know several people do, um, but yeah. thankful for health for my friends and family. Um, and thankful again for this podcast. Like you guys have talked about, this has been a, um, a lot of fun. Uh, I think we've grown a ton more than I would have expected um, in the time that we've been going, but appreciate you guys and everything you guys do for us. Appreciate Ed Kennedy who couldn't make it on with us tonight. Had some stuff going on, but uh, appreciate him and his oh, man, help as well. Um, the most memeable man in FSU Twitter. Also, I'm thankful uh, that during the pandemic, I won the FSU Twitter bracket uh, because that's very important. <laughs> and I, he didn't send me like a, a trophy, but I was hoping he would send me a trophy so I could put that up in my house. So um, that, I was wondering why. I was wondering where the payment was coming in for, but now, now it makes sense. That, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, okay. Oh, and and we're all thankful for Guthrie's, and we're gonna grab a couple gut boxes this weekend. And I'm really looking forward to that because it's been years since I've had one of those. Yeah, we gotta we gotta see what they got set up because I know I'm still the McDonald's challenge. I'm upset about that. <laughs> Freddie Freddie wants to eat like 50 tenders this weekend, man. I gotta I gotta whoop some challenge, man. The McDonald's one was a little tougher than I expected. It to be. <laughs> Isn't a bucket 20 tenders? I mean, I should know their menu better. Um, but a bucket at Guthrie's is 20 tenders. So uh, just do that. Can you do Can you do a bucket of Guthrie's tenders? Yeah, I'm going to just make sure I don't eat all day, don't drink much. <laughs> well, no, that, Freddie, that's the, that's the trick. you got to eat a small breakfast to expand your stomach a little bit. Like all these eating 
like uh, eating chows, like Joey Chestnut, you eat a breakfast to expand your oh, no, stomach, 20, but not a lot. And that way, when it comes for the real meal, you're ready and your stomach's good to go, man. You, you said 25 tenders? You can't skip breakfast. 20, 25 tenders. 20 sounded, all right, yeah, 25, that's a different monster. With double fries. <laughs> you got to get double fries, too. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Imagine how much sauce you would need to get through 25 tenders. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to watch you do this. Um, <laughs> don't, don't quit. If you do this, FSU will win. Um, but no, I'm thankful for you guys. Thankful for this podcast. Um, again, my family and everything that everybody else said too. I'm thankful for Harlan's PS five and Nico <laughs> Chan and everything else too. Um, any shout outs before we get out of here? Oh, if you're going to be in Tallahassee this weekend, hit us up, hit my DMS, hit the show's DMS. Um, hit us up on Facebook. It doesn't matter where, like it all comes to the same phone. So hit us up wherever, let us know, let's hang out. Um, and we'll see you on Saturday. Any shout outs before we go? Richie's got like six more people getting married. Go ahead, Richie. No, not, not on me this week. I uh, actually (laughs) shout out my, uh, my good friends here at Orlando, Mark and Rachel. They are going to drive me up to Tallahassee this weekend because I hate driving on interstates and I'm going to fly back home, but they're going to drive me up. So shout out to them. Hey, that's love. <laughs> well, they're going to the game too. They both went to Florida state. So it's, just it's not like they're just being nice. Like, Oh, let me drive you four hours out of the way. <laughs> Why aren't you just riding back with them? I, cause they're, um, a, so Rachel, her brother owns a farm in Tallahassee. They're going there and they're going to be there till late at night. And I want to be back home to watch the Bucks and Chiefs game. Uh, probably watch us lose to the Chiefs uh, at four o'clock. Shout out Tom Brady, um, who is just the hero of the hour and the greatest hey. thing that I've ever seen this year. So, did, did his uh, best Jameis Winston impression last night. So, yeah. <laughs> He threw for less yards than Jameis ever threw. We're not going um, there right is, now, TJ. Is, we aren't going there. This is, is Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving. I We're was being Tom, thankful. There's no Tom Brady slander. <laughs> I wasn't. One of the greatest performances <laughs> I've ever seen from a Bucks quarterback. I mean, just spectacular. I hate you, I hate you TJ. I hate you. Spectacular. Uh, just couldn't be more thankful for that. So <laughs> I, have, um, I have one more. I have one more shout out before we get out of here. Uh, shout out to TJ for uh, letting me know that the Kush House opening was a formal dress-up after I had already gotten to Orlando. <laughs> yes. uh, he let me know at about 7 p.m. on Friday for the Saturday event. So <laughs> shout-out to TJ. Well, that's, that, that's, when he, that's when he let me know, too. And luckily, I live, I live literally 10 minutes from the Kush house. So I, I go to my wife that, the, that Friday night. I'm like, babe, uh, TJ just said it's like semi-formal. I'm like, I'm, luckily, I, I own suits. I'm like, I'll, I'll wear a suit. She's like, why the hell didn't he tell us before now? <laughs> like, what is TJ's problem? But she dressed up. I dressed up. We had a great time. It was a beautiful opening event at the Kush House. So um, shout out to Silk, Kev, Newberg, all those guys. They, they put on a great event. But I was pissed that I did not get to just go casual to the event. I, uh, I found out about four minutes before I texted you guys <laughs> and let you know. Just, just so you're aware. <laughs> My wife found out before I did. So, um, <laughs> Freddie, any shout outs and we'll get out of here. No, nah, no shout outs for me. Good. I got the song. Go ahead. This is a uh, shout out to Dabo Sweeney. Give me Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. And let's have a good night.
Bye. 
Yeah, 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 yeah